Welcome to Kashmir's on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir's Magazine. And today, we're going to be taking some of your calls and continue the conversation between us. But before we start, and by the way, just scribble down the number so you'll be able to call us when we ask for people to call in. Right now, it's a little early. Uh, the studio number is 683-5858, 718-683-5858. To speak to us live, 718-683-5858. To text, 347-927-8398, texting 347-927-8398, and that we see instantaneously, so you can do it right now. The calling uh, put off for a little while till we catch up to, to a few things here. For her, so again, um, we'd love to hear from you tonight. We have Baruch Hashem, beautiful response last week, and we were able to go through some very interesting topics. We're always interested in helping you. Now, I'd like to share with you two things. One, that uh, uh, we had an opportunity this past Friday night uh, on a very, very cold Friday night. It's amazing that people came out. I was... Uh, in the, in the shul, talking to a, a group of people, and I was amazed how many people turned out uh, despite the uh, freezing weather. And, uh, you know, the weatherman has always been trying to scare us recently, and they tried to scare us Friday night as well. But Baruch Hashem, people came. And I discussed something which I think was very interesting. It was very received very well, and I think that it'd be very kadai for us to mention it here on the, on the J-Root radio, on Kashrus on the Air as well. In this last week's Pasha, the Torah mentions for the first time the mitzvah of Losavashel Gedi Bechalevi Mo, the mitzvah of not eating milk and meat together. It's interesting because if so, you would ask somebody, what, it, what does it mean to be kosher? So we, maybe a lot of us here listening to the show, we're very sophisticated. But if you ask somebody, a regular person, not so committed, Every single Jew knows two things. He knows you can't eat pig, and he knows you can't eat meat and milk. Even non-Jews know that that's what kosher is. You can't eat meat and milk together. The truth of the matter is that, according to the Torah, you could eat meat and milk together. You could take a sandwich, put on it glatt kosher meat with a good hechsher, and on top of that put a piece of cheese that's kachal Yisrael, and you could eat the two together, according to the Torah. Torah does not forbid eating meat and milk together. The only thing the Torah says is also is for us to eat meat and milk that's been cooked together. If you cook meat and milk together, then it makes it usser. You can't eat it, and you get an avera for cooking it. It's a sin for cooking. And then you get another sin if you eat it. And if you share it with somebody else, you sell it to somebody else, you give it to somebody else, get some benefit out of it, then it is another Avera called about Isra Hanah. So we are, this is a very strict halacha, but only when it's cooked together. So the Torah, three times not to cook meat and milk together. And the example that's given is uh, an example of a kid and it's mother's milk. But according to the halacha, there's no difference whether it's its mother's milk or not its mother's milk, whether it's the same kind of animal. It could even be, uh, it could be in a goat together with cow's milk. It, it would be the same thing, a basar and chalav together, and would be forbidden to cook that way, to eat, and to eat it, and to have any benefit from it. 
Chicken is a little different because chicken is only osami dirabonim. Now, the question that I raised, and I think it's a very interesting one, of all of the things in the, the Torah could, it's a nice pasuk, it's losav ashel gedi b'chalevimo, plenty of words, it's enough to make a pasuk by itself. Yet the Torah consistently mixes it, I mean every time, most of the times it mixes it with something else. And here, the first time it appears in the Torah, and it appears three times, the same words, but here it appears together with the mitzvah Bikurim. And the Torah put it into one pasuk, the mitzvah Bikurim, together with not eating meat and milk. Reishis Bikurei ad masacha tovi beis Hashem alokecha, losav ashel gedi bechalevi mo. And it's very, very interesting See, we got some questions coming in already on the, uh, uh, very nice. Uh, if you want to call us, you'd wait a few minutes, but I see the texting is working, 347-927-8398. So the question that I raised is, how come the Torah puts it together with the mitzvah Bikurim? First of all, why is it a Pasuk by itself? And secondly, why is it mixed together with Bikurim? Seemingly, there's no connection between Bikurim, which is the first fruits. person comes to Eretz Israel and he plants... Uh, one of the seven varieties that Eretz Israel is especially blessed with, the seven specific fruits that we are blessed, that Eretz Israel is blessed with. He plants one of those, and then the very first fruits that grow on that tree, he has to go ahead and make a little mark on them. He wraps something around it, gummy, and then that identifies that that was the first one that sprouted. Then when it finally finishes and is fully grown, he takes it off and he brings it to the Koyen in, in Yerushalayim. So this is a special mitzvah of, of, of Havaz Bikurim. And at that time, he thanks HaKadosh Baruch Hu very, very much for all that he's bestowed upon him and coming to Eretz Israel and having all these the success in this planting and the special things that Hashem has showed us over in, in our experience. And, and it's a special words that the Torah gives that we recite. That's Kriya. And then, then you bring, it brings these in a very nice basket all the way to the Mikdash. Now, that's the mitzvah of Bikurim, Havas Bikurim. What's the connection between that and the mitzvah of Losev Hashel Gedi B'chalei That's the question that I asked. And I saw a number of people comment. I saw something that Rabbi Vigda Miller said, which I think was very good, and I enjoyed it very much. But I'm just my own answer is based upon that, and I'm just uh, putting it into perspective for us. He was talking about the fact that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we have to thank Hashem, that we don't do any... Thing other than relying totally on Hashem for our physical needs. We thank Hashem, we ask Hashem, that's how we do it. That's what Bikurim teaches us, the thank you to Hashem, the appreciation, etc. What's that got to do with Basa B'cholov? It seems that the, what happened was that in the, in the, in the old days, before Matan Torah, Goyim used to take a kid, which is a calf, and slaughter it, and cook it in its mother's milk, and then they would put some of that into the ground, and they held that that was going to improve the ground. 
it was sort of like uh, a fertilizer and a certain amount of like uh, belief in some kind of powers in the world that are not Hashem Yisbaruch and not davening to our Kaddish Baruch for our sustenance, but instead some kind of trick, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of way that we could sort of force Hashem, force the world, force the force the ground to produce some, something uh, for us. So that's what people used to do. And this is mentioned in many svarim. And therefore, we don't do that. We rely on the Kaddish Baruch And that's basically what Rav Mill said. You look it up, and he has a sefer on, on every one of the Chumashim, and the one on Shmos, he mentions this. Now, I say a little bit different, that not, not to improve on it, just to, for, for our purpose with studying Kashras, that the, the reason why it's in the same in the same Pasuk is for us to realize that there's responsibility. The first thing that we get, we, we have, we we want to have the Bikurim. Everyone would like to taste it first. When the, when the cake comes out of the oven, everybody wants to have the first piece to taste it. Everybody wants to have the first whatever it is. A, a person produces something. And first you, you plant and then you and you water and you uh, and you help the thing grow and then you reap it. That's the height of happiness. That's the safta degancha. That's the time like the zman ha'asif in the sukkahs where we're simcha, zman of simcha. When we can get the produce that Hashem Yisbaruch has provided for us, that's the happiest time. And I want to have my. I want to have the first taste. The Torah says, "Bikurim, you got to give it away." And who you give it to the coin? Represents Hakadosh Baruch Hu in our world. That's what the Torah tells us: do bikurim. Same thing happens with food. The first thing that happened that everybody wants to eat. I went to the store, I bought it, and I brought it home, and my wife cooked it. It looks delicious. And the first thing we have to ask is, is it kosher? Before you even buy it, before it's before you eat it, is it kosher? The first thing is our responsibility for the kashras of the foods that we eat. That is the first responsibility. That's what the Torah is telling us. Yeah, you're going to taste your food. You're going to have it. You're going to have meat and you're going to have milk, but you have to have it the way the Torah says you have to have it. You can't have it just because you like it. It looks good. I want it. Let me. I'm be, I, I can't hold myself back. I must have. No, 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 no. First thing is responsibility. That's the first thing that a Jew thinks about when he thinks about food. What is, first, what is my responsibility? Truma, Meiser, uh, Bikurim, uh, so many things I've got to do. That's the first thing. No, you don't eat it and then take off Truma and Meiser. You don't, you don't bring, you, you don't bring, uh, you don't bring the, the last fruit or something to the Kohen. No, give him, give him another piece, give him the best looking piece. No, first one, that the first thing that you touch should be your responsibility. I remember telling it, I don't know if I ever told it on the radio, but I, this, this story, I wrote it up, it's, it, it, it sits in my head. And I go to a shear from Rav Erlinger, Rav, Rav Ezreal Erlinger is the mashkiach in the Meyushiva here in Flatbush. I go there a shear on Shabbos afternoon that he gives, which is extraordinary. I mean, it's packed oilum 
We've been going there for years and years and years. And he told a story once that I was so moved by it. I wrote an article in Cautious Magazine, and it's, it, I, it's something I can't get out of my head. It's a fantastic story. Rabbi Zriel uh, Erlinger is the Mashkiach Ravolbi's son-in-law. The, Rav Volbi, the who wrote the Ale Shur, who was the Mashkiach and the Miyushiva in Eretz Israel. See, he, his son-in-law is Ravolbi. Ravolbi was in the house there. He saw the Shver, and he was all excited. He told the Shver, you know what? I got my first car. It just came. Now, in Eretz Israel, to get a car is a kunz, because they don't produce any cars in Eretz Israel. You have to import it from Europe. It's a big thing. It costs a fortune. There's extra taxes that they, they add on. There's all kinds of red tape. You've got to get it shipped by boat. can't put it in an airplane. You've got to ship it by boat. It schleps. It goes to the, the port. And if in the port you've got to pay all the duties, get it out of the, you know, out, out of the port, it's tremendous avoider. takes a lot of time and a lot of money. And he got his first car, and he's there in Eretz Israel, and he tells the Shver, I got my car, a car, and he's so much besimcha. And the Shver looks at him, Ravolbi says to him, Jetzt du bist Adam Hamazik. Now you're a person who does damage. And he looked at the Shver, he looked at his father-in-law, questioning what are you telling me? He didn't say this, but what are you telling me? I'm, a, I'm so happy now, and you're telling me I have to worry about damaging and hurting people? I'm an Adam Hamazik? What's going on? Yeah, he was like, he was crestfallen. He felt like everything was taken away from him. His simcha, the whole thing. That's how they talk to me? And then, because Rav Erlinger is Mashkiach himself, Rav Erlinger took it into himself and said, ah, I understand what he's saying to me. The first responsibility is, is, the first thing to do is to know your responsibilities. When you get something, the first thing is, what do I have to do? What is my responsibility? Of course you're going to have fun. Of course, the food's going to taste good. And of course, you're going to be able to drive the car and go to some great places and be able to come back late at night from a chasana. You could do everything and save a lot of time and money and, and, and help people and schlep people, do mitzvah. You could do gewaltic things with the car. But first, what's your responsibility? And your responsibility when you buy a car is to know that you have to be careful. When you first start driving, you have to realize you could hurt somebody. Not just I could get hurt. You could hurt somebody. That's your responsibility. You have to think about that when you buy that car. And you have to think about, as we're saying today, you have to think about your mitzvahs of kashras before you eat. And that's what the Pusk, I think, is telling us on the connection between the Bikurim and the Mo, which I think is, uh, you can't really argue with it. It's a nice shot. And I was thinking about this. I thought about what it was like growing up here in America. Years and years ago, there weren't so many hashkachas. 
And we would go to yeshiva, and the Rebbe would say, you have to be careful. You can't just buy something that says that it has shortening, because shortening could be not kosher. you got to buy something that says vegetable shortening. And then the next year or so, they would tell us, you know, that really wasn't enough. We really have to look for something that says pure vegetable shortening, because they could still put in chazer in there. And then, and that's not enough. We have to, we, they told us another time, they tell us that it has to say 100% that a pure vegetable shortening. And then eventually they told us that doesn't work either. You got to buy with hashkacha because then they finally started getting hashkachas on some of the products. So that's, that's the way we developed here. Those of us who were, remember those days, that's how kashras developed here in America. And, you always have to think and redo, and what was good last year may not be good enough this year. So I get a lot of people fetching. They're always saying that we're adding on chumras, we're adding on things, we're adding on things that are uh, that 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 are uh, not necessary. My as somebody said to me recently, you know, my parents never did any of these things with checking or yelling like you're doing. And they never said that this was us or we could always, we were able to eat those fruits and vegetables. You know, why are you coming along now and telling us a whole new, a whole new set of things that we never heard before in our lives? That's not right. And I tell them this, that we all had to go through that because there are really an endless number of things that we learn as time goes on. In other words, as time goes on, we learn many things that we thought were permissible that we now know have an issue. And look, if you open up the paper, whatever paper you pick up, you open up a paper, you're going to see in the paper, somewhere in the back pages, it talks about the, uh, it talks about the science new discoveries in science, safety issues, health issues, a whole bunch of things that last week there was no problem with it. And this week you read it and they, and they have a new study and they found a concern and, and the, oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. You know what? I'm going to cut down on that. You know, this is a little bit dangerous. Maybe there's another thing that's not dangerous. You're going to redo your thinking based upon an article in the newspaper or something of that nature. Why? You always did that. Nothing happened to you, right? But no, there's new information that came out. So the same happens in Kashrus also. There's constantly new information that's coming out. And even in the area of insects, there's always new information coming out. When I was a young fellow, I still remember it, announced to us, we used to use uh, uh, romaine lettuce for moror. We use the other, or the horseradish too, but the horseradish is not uh, as easy to take. So we used to use romaine lettuce. And when we use the romaine lettuce, when we use the romaine lettuce, what happened is the, uh, the, the romaine lettuce, we started hearing that there are insects on there and you have to check for them. But they're very hard to check for. So instead, put it into salt water. And keep it in the salt water three minutes, five minutes, whatever they told us. And that's the way we thought that had to be done. A, a year or two later, the Rabbanim came and said, no, 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 no. 
what we said about salt water, that was all wrong. It really has to be vinegar because vinegar gets them better and you must use vinegar. And then another year or two later, they said something else. Eventually, we had to get with Ashkacha because there, was, there were those that were being produced with Ashkacha. So what, what we see is that just science evolves, halacha evolves, it, the, the findings that we have in the cautious world evolve, and therefore we have to adjust to a new set of circumstances. I mean, if you would have told me 15 years ago, I don't even know how many years it is, but if you had told me 15 years ago that we would have filters on our water, I would say New York City's water is the best in the, the world and you don't have to do anything with any filter. And yet, we know there are insects in there. Those insects were there forever. And those insects, if you would have read the, the, the material that came from the Department of uh, the, uh, the Water Department for New York, for New York, you would see in there the DEP, you would see their write-up. They were always talking about these insects. But somehow, we didn't put two and two together. And now, we do. And therefore, the cautious world, the cautious agencies, the individual people, adjusted. That doesn't mean that we were doing an Aveira before. We're basing it upon the information that we had. But it does mean that we have to adjust ourselves for the future, we can't treat everything the way it was before. Things have to move on. And, and, and that's, I think, a lesson for all of us, something that we should all learn. Now, I'm going to uh, open the uh, airwaves now. You can contact us, and we'll take your calls, whether you're going to discuss what I just mentioned or anything else you'd like to discuss. You can do that as well. Call the studio at 718 718- Six eight three five eight five eight, and we'll take your questions. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. I also will let you know that the new Cautious magazine is just out. We mailed uh, either tomorrow or the next day is going to be mailed to you. And if you haven't got a subscription to the magazine, give us a ring at the office on or the office number seven one eight three three six eight five four four, and we'll set you up with a subscription, and we'll give you a special rate. $5 off. The regular rate is $25 a year. We'll give it to you for $20 if you mention J Root. Okay, so again, that the, home, the office number, 718-336-8544 to get Cashless Magazine. The studio number to call now, 718-683-5858. And we're going to answer a few of the questions. I see a large number of people started texting me, and we're going to try to answer some of those right now. First one, about the 7-Eleven stores. It's the Serpies, are they kosher or not? We've done that on this show so many times. The answer is they're not certified, and we don't recommend it. Unless you had a certification on the store, we don't recommend the Slurpees. I know it sounds radical, but if you want to, you can call the Cuff K, and they'll tell you more about it. You can call the Cuff K at 201 837 is it a cautious issue to smoke flavored hookah? I can't answer you. I don't think that this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous about anybody walking into a hookah bar because it's not a place that we should be hanging out in. And there's certainly enough beautiful things to eat and enjoy in this world 
you don't have to find yourself in such a place. It's uh, the ones that are in this area that I'm familiar with are hangouts, inappropriate for any person who's listening to the show. So that that would be my response. But if you want, you can discuss it with somebody else. And I don't have any problem with that. Somebody's asking about Brussels sprouts. I don't have the information right here. They, uh, but I would recommend to everybody to get Rabbi Vaya's book. That's Rabbi Moshe Vaya's book. It's English. It's got to do with American situations. And the book is called Badikas Hamazon. You know, it's Hebrew words, but the, the whole writing is English inside. Bedikas Hamazon. You could find it in Svarim store if you need us to buy it for you. We used to sell them. Right now, we're not selling them. We're out of them. Uh, but if you need me to get it for you, we'll get it. Anyway, is it the same mitzvah to take challah on Thursday night as on Friday? Well, that's not something we're really going to deal with on this show. I don't have any um, uh, Svarim open to discuss it with you. But uh, the mitzvah of preparation for Shabbos is something that I did discuss in this particular issue of Kashrus Magazine. And I think it's a very appropriate thing, and maybe another day we'll do, a, do it more. Taking off uh, challah is a mitzvah, whether you take it off on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, or Friday, or Mosei Shabbos. There is no such thing as not being a mitzvah. There is something of preparing for Shabbos, and what day that would be, Thursday and Friday, obviously, lahalacha is going to be uh, is going to be preparation for Shabbos. If you prepare three weeks in advance and you have it all stored in the freezer, it's not the same as doing it every week fresh. Uh, whether there is a mila, where it's better, whether it's recommended to do Thursday and Friday, Rav Nissen wants to comment. Oh, you got a comment, question. Calling, the, call, the calls are in there. Okay. The phone line is already jammed, <laughs> so please. Uh, okay, but know. anyway, Thursday or Friday, there may be minhagim, but as far as the halacha, it's no difference. Okay, we'll take the callers. Go ahead. Yaron Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? I can't hear you. Are you there? Anybody there? Yeah. Go ahead. You're on Can you the hear air. Me? Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, I just wanted to know about vitamins. If, let's say, you're low in vitamin D and a, and a doctor recommends 50,000 units. Oh, my goodness. So my, let me tell, yeah, you, let my, me tell you something. My, I my husband tell you, was saying I, something I, about gel. Yeah. Uh, one second, one second, one second. Let me tell yeah. you. This is a, uh, this, I don't, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, but you should listen to it. Okay. Ask if your doctor recommends 50,000 units. Mm-hmm. Make sure, first of all, that you're in perfect health and still discuss it with somebody else. And I say that with, with great understanding about the situation. It's a very powerful pill. It's not a game. That's a very powerful pill. The 50, it, a lot of doctors are doing it, but mm-hmm. it's something that you should make sure 100% before you take that. It's a very powerful pill. It could have an yeah. effect on your body. The yes, you increase. Really? You want to get. You want to get a thousand units a day. This is not the show, but we do. But you want a thousand units a day to lift up your vitamin D. They mm-hmm. give their fifty thousand to jumpstart it and to move it up quickly. It be be very careful if the doctor is, you know, if you're in perfect health. And mm-hmm. I still think ask somebody else because I feel that that particular dose is extremely uh, potent. And, and, and shouldn't be taken uh-huh. lightly. Now, as far as it coming into a gel, uh, I mean, or a capsule or something like that, what, mm-hmm. I, what I recommend to people to do is to take 
a uh, you can go to a pharmacy and either buy a thousand of them or two hundred and fifty, or you can ask the pharmacist to give you the veggie cap and put it inside the veggie cap and take it that way. And this works for anything that's a gelatin on the outside. It's if you're taking it inside something else, which we call boiloi uh, besieve. It's swallowing in something else. It's not swallowing it directly. So that's what I personally recommend, and that's what I personally do. Uh, other people might wrap it a little bit in a tissue, or they may say there's no problem because you have to take it. Yes, you do need to take it, but I would say buy the veggie cap. Uh, and they, they cost, I mean, when you buy 250 they cost $10 for that. It's $0.04 cents a piece. Uh, uh, if you know a pharmacist, they'll give you a couple of them for a quarter. Then you stick the pill or capsule into yeah, that it has to cap. Be one, it has to be one big enough, but insert it in. It's a little, be a little bit bigger than the than the, the pill, but not gigantic. It's not going to mm-hmm. shake around there. It's going to be a little bigger than the pill, and because it's all different sizes, and then uh, you swallow that. But but je- let's say pills in general, vitamin D or or let's say an iron pill. These it has to be a kosher. You know what I'm saying? If the doctor says that you need it, it has to be kosher. Again. There's all kinds of medical situations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, the, the doctors say you should take a multivitamin. You should take uh, some certain basic vitamins. But that's, mm-hmm. not like, that's not really like a medical thing, you know. Yeah. But no, here... Right. No, but I, I mean a medical issue where you really need, let's say, You need to an boost iron your cell. iron. You need to boost right. your iron or you need to boost your, your vitamin D to protect yourself. So these are mm-hmm. real things. So, th- mm-hmm. yes, that's medically indicated. But if we mm-hmm. can get kosher, that would be great. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes mm-hmm. we can't get kosher because there's mm-hmm. nothing available or the quality uh, may not be what the doctor wants. So, therefore, right. we try to take it, 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 take it in this way where we're swallowing mm-hmm. it in something else. So, that yes, mm-hmm. that, that is what I recommend. Mm-hmm. If you take any pill that has a uh, covering that's, that, that's gelatin, Mm-hmm. Uh, I would always recommend putting into the veggie cap, and I, it, this mm-hmm. is no better than the medicine. Medicine, I do this. I would do the same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Fifty thousand. Whoa. Yeah. No, that's that's a very common thing. The very common thing that doctors do it, but I know in a practical way that this is a very potent, and uh, it may jumpstart it, but it can make, do something else to your body. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yes, I want to know, are you allowed to use chapstick and the same thing by a company called Eucerin without a flavor? Without a flavor is fine. Okay, and one more question. If you're making something, like a salad or anything, are you allowed to taste it without making a bracha? If you're tasting a drop or it's before, or let's say you're doing it on Shabbos and... You have to really hear Kiddush first. There is. Well, Shabbos is a different thing. But uh, with the Kiddush is a different thing. We'll mention in a second. There is in Halacha a heter to not to eat something without a bracha, a little a mashu, a little bit. But what is the big spiel of making a bracha? First no, of all, if, if you make a bracha. Let's say you didn't hear Kiddush. Okay, so and, Shabbos is a separate issue. You asked first in general. So in general, right. I say make the brook and swallow something because if you're going to end yeah. up swallowing a little right, bit. Right. Yeah, but what if you're making a salad on Shabbos and you're really supposed to hear Kiddush first? What's the story then? 
So, so I'm going to answer you. If it was, if it, if you, it, it, it you want to taste it, a salad. I, I think you mean the dressing. Right, just so to, that, just to see if it's good. So you just put it to your tongue, and don't swallow. Uh-huh. A little okay. bit of a taste will go, and it won't be a regular eating. I if you're it. going to eat regularly, then you do need a bracha. With Kiddush on Shabbos, it, it works the following. I'm not going to go through for a woman about Kiddush because there's different shittas. But basically for a woman, a woman is supposed to daven and then say a Kiddush. Uh, and, and she just a little bit of davening would be enough and then just say Kiddush. But before anything, if just to taste it for this purpose, I don't think there would be even uh, there, there would be a shayla. But mm-hmm. as far but as far as I, my my eitz atoyva is to make a bracha on the weekday to make a bracha right. and because you're going to swallow some of it on Shabbos. Let me just touch with your tongue, okay? Yeah. One more. I just want to know about that, the chapstick thing. If any company's okay if it has no no right. flavor. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. You're Call welcome. To. Thank you. Okay, you're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Hello. Yeah, you're on the air. Yes, I want to know about raisins and craisins. Uh, it seems that uh, raisins have more of a shiloh than craisins as far as right. mites. Uh, what's the difference? They're both dried, and um, uh, they, the raisins that I have in the house, they have a um, hashkacha. Right. So uh, do I have to check them? Is it possible to check them under a light? Should they be used? Should they be avoided? I want to know in detail about this. Okay, now, again. With, as with everything in Kashrus, I can only tell you one opinion, the one that I understand, the one that I, under, that I believe in, and, and, and that I've been trained, etc. At the same time, you might pick up a phone and call a Kashrus agency or another Rav, and he might tell you something completely different. So you're asking me, I'm going yeah. to answer you, but that doesn't mean to say that there aren't other opinions. Right. Okay? Obviously... The people who give that hashgacha that you have on the outside of that package hold there's no problem with giving hashgacha on raisins. Right. We don't believe that way. We believe that it's been proven that raisins are, have a significant number of insects that come in different ways into the, on, in that, among the raisins. It could be between the raisins, but a lot of times they're inside the raisin. So what happened here is the following. Did the bug come inside the raisin, or did it come while the raisins were, 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 were taken off the vine and were sitting on the ground waiting to become raisins? They were drying out. So if they came, if the bugs came when they were drying out, then the halacha is that it's not shayritz ala'aretz, and they're not called bugs. The ones that inside the ones that inside the raisin, but if the insects got in while the raisins were attached to the ground as uh, on the vine, then they're not allowed to be eaten. And there are a significant number of these, so that's a unknown. That but that unknown, it seems to be more likely that they came in while they were on the tree on the vine. That issue is, is the whole fight between the two different sides. Mm-hmm. Some say that they came in, that, that they come in, uh, since we don't know, it's a suffix, and it's a doubt. 
and therefore there's a suffix if they're there, and there's a suffix if they came here or there. So between the two sveikas, we have what we call sveik sveik, and you could use it. It's a, it's it's the taz simon pay dalid ois yud base. However, the, the, the what I understand from the people that I've spoken to, and believe me, I am familiar with this. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it's more likely that they were uh, when they came in when they were on the tree, on the vine, and therefore, uh, according to that, they should be considered to be non-kosher, and it's only one suffolk, and suffolk the rice of the chumrah. So that's really where we're, where we're at over here, mm-hmm. and uh, the kashrus agencies have all grouped. Most of them, have, many of them, have grouped themselves in the group that is giving certification to raisins. Some of the more Hamish organizations may give hashgacha to raisins under certain circumstances which they control. Mm-hmm. They're certain, from certain places, with a certain amount of checking that they do, but you and I could not yeah. replicate in our houses. Mm-hmm. Okay? And but, but craisins, oh, that craisins doesn't have the same shiloh? Craisins are, raisins, are, 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 are cranberries. The, the production of the, cranber- of the cranberry is such that it doesn't have these problems at all. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, uh, grapes before they become raisins? So grapes, People have told me you have to uh, wash it three times right. because they are, it, how, how do you go about checking the grapes? Okay, we don't check the grapes. We do exactly what you're saying. We wash it a certain way. I will tell it to you it's not too hard to hear, but it does take something to do. It's going to yeah. take you 15 minutes to prepare your grapes. But that's whether you have a little bunch or you have, you know, 10 bunches. You know, whatever, uh, big uh, ten pounds. You're going to mm-hmm. take the same fifteen minutes. Which, what this is, what's recommended, because it is very, very hard to do anything else. What's recommended is to put it into water with a little bit of soap, and then to uh, well, no, first of all, not to not to not to leave it as a big thing, as a whole uh, as a whole cluster, and not to make it take them off individually, but to put them into small clusters. That's the latest. Theory they're telling us, put it into a, a bowl of water with some d- something that cleans it, whether it's a detergent or a fruit uh, wash, whatever it's called. That, mm-hmm. that may take off anything that's there, and mm-hmm. keep it there three minutes or four minutes, and shake it around a little bit, and uh, and then and when you and, and that then take then take it out and put them under the faucet, mm-hmm. and uh, let the faucet the you know wa- the wash the water wash off everything. And then do this twice more, meaning twice more in water. No, no, no detergent now. Mm-hmm. Twice more in water for three, four, four minutes. A little, little agitation, and putting it under the stream of water on the faucet. And then the third time, the same thing. And that fifteen minutes, which is all it's going to take to repair this thing, you don't have to check anything. They say, uh, they say, they say, or they do say. Some of the uh, literature says to look at the grapes in the end, and make sure you don't see under the surface a dark black thing, which might be a bug. But if you don't see a dark black thing underneath it, um, then you could uh, assume. So uh, that takes really one second to just turn around the, 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 the grapes. You don't have to sit and study them for two hours. But to turn around and look at them, not see anything discolored, uh, it's a, it, that takes a second. So it's still the same 15 minutes. But are you allowed to do this on Shabbos, or you have to prepare this before Shabbos? Now, that is an interesting question. That is an interesting question. I would say that there's no problem doing it on Shabbos. Why? Because there may be nothing there. 
And it's brought down the discussion about washing fruits. Uh, if the fruit fell into the mud, you're not allowed to wash it on Shabbos because the, you're causing the water to separate the bad from the good, take the schmutz off the uh, fruit. So mm-hmm. that you're not, if it's dirty, you're not supposed to wash it under the faucet to get off the schmutz. That would be a bayer. That's separating the bad from the good. Mm-hmm. But on washing, which is just like um, sanitation or efshukenzine, maybe there's a bug there, a possibility. We don't know for sure. So mm-hmm. therefore, it's really not called bayer. So it's mutter to do this whole procedure on Shabbos. The, mm-hmm. the, the soap is the only shaila because soap is a problem how you do that. Maybe you prepare that before Shabbos and it wouldn't be a problem. But make the, prepare the soap in the water. But right. if you do, but but to make to put soap in water uh, gets to an issue that is moilid and uh, I mean this is a different issue, right? But if you're not talking about that, so you, if you made the so- uh, soap water before Shabbos, then I'll be Allah, As far as I understand, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. another person. As far as I understand, there should be no shaila. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, next yeah. caller. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Okay, no one's there. Nisim, I'm going to take a minute, and then we're going to go right back to the people. Just want to talk a word about our sponsor, Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. I think of Glotmart, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality, and I also think about the uh, wonderful people who run Glotmart and have been servicing our community right here in Flatbush for the last 35 years. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can place, save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. They have weekly specials that run from, sun, from Wednesday to Tuesday. And unfortunately, I don't have the next week's. I just have this week's in front of me. And let me read a few items that are on sale tonight, where you go right now if you want to go run over there, or tomorrow. Ketam Tea Biscuits at 49 cents. Yes, that's not a mistake. Ketam Tea Biscuits, 49 cents. Sparkling grape juice, Kedem sparkling grape juice, 25 ounce, $2.39. Pashka's blast off or splish gum at uh, bubble gum at $2.99. Yitzi's pancake batter, parva or dairy, $4.99. There's um, a side steak uh, or beef or beef pastrami, either one, $8.99 a pound. Silver tip roast is $11.99 a pound right now. And at Glotmart, there's plenty of convenience and, uh, that you have by using their valet parking service. You can pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashas of Flatbush. With base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. And everybody knows that that's a big statement, especially in light of what some of the things that happened recently. Uh, Gladmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dovin Gladmart, tell them you heard about Gladmart on Cautious on the Air over J-Wood Radio, and please wish him a mazel tov from us. Okay? Uh, details if you see Dov. And that's uh, about our favorite friends at Gladmart. And we have another caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? You're on the air. You're on with Rabbi Wickler. Yes, you're on. Go ahead. 
Yes, hi. Um, if I have potatoes that were cooked with chicken, can I um, cook them with fish now? I, I'm sorry, but I didn't hear what you said. If I have potatoes that were baked with chicken, can I bake it with fish now? Again, I something was baked with with with, with chicken, and you wonder about fish. What was what was baked with chicken? Potatoes are baked with chicken. Can no. I bake it with fish now? No. You see, okay. here's how it works. Listen carefully. If you have a flasherka pot, you could use it for fish. There's no problem. If it's clean, you could use it for fish. But something that's a food takes in flavor and gives it off. So the potatoes that are baked with chicken will take a, will get a flasherka flavor, and then they uh, they will give it off over to the uh, to the fish. Are you talking about where they were in together with the chicken, or you're talking about they're in the oven and in different places? It was in the oven in different places. Then, if you if it was no if there was no zaya, which I'm going to try to describe to you, as far as I understand, it shouldn't be a problem. I'll explain to you what zaya is. Zaya is moist vapor. Zaya is not smell. Smell is, is inconsequential. Basically not a problem for us unless there was a, we call it dava harif, a very sharp substance, whether it's spicy, very spicy, or it's, um, it's vinegary or something of that nature. Then, then uh, reach does something. But basically, reach doesn't create a change in, the, in, in, the, in what it goes into. So that if the potatoes were not right on top of each other and it wasn't all the way on the top of the oven and both uncovered and, uh, you know, where, it could, where a vapor cycle might exist between the chicken and the, and the potato, then all it could have is what we call reicha. And then it wouldn't be a problem for using it together with fish. Okay, thank so, you. Yeah, I hope you understand the difference between reach and zaya. If you don't yeah, get it, yeah. you'll have to ask somebody else about what is a reach and what's a zaya. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Next call. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, there are certain products such as yogurts to have in there, strawberries or blueberries. Now, are they lechachila kashered properly and then put into the yogurt? Or are they some kind of little of squashing any, any kind of strawberries? Okay. And blueberries in there. Okay, so this question, you know, I'm not going to discuss names of Hashkocha agencies on the uh, air, but that's where we have to put the uh, responsibility. If you have a cashless agency that is uh, taking the issue of strawberries seriously, then there's no way in the world they're going to put it into the yogurt just because it's smashed. Because we're talking about things that can easily be still intact. The only way that they're going to do it is either they, uh, some of the companies made a jam out of it. Uh, Not jam, actually made like a jelly out of it. They they liquefied it. In that case, they wouldn't be worried about the bugs. Because the insects there are like a little, you know, bugs that they are, they would get squashed. So... That if, it, if they did the strawberries, cleaned them well, checked a certain amount, da da da, and then and then they went ahead and liquefied them, that would be a definite, uh, definitely okay. But when it's you see pieces of strawberries, so you have to either the cashier's agency is very very careful, 
or they don't care about it. I can't tell you which ones, you know, are taking the strawberry issue seriously and which agencies are not. I know everybody is addressing this. No one laughs at strawberries anymore. At one time, you know, everybody ate strawberries and no one thought of a thing. And that's a, not too many years ago. But in the last bunch of years, yes, cautious agencies are taking it pretty seriously. But which agency takes it, which, how seriously, I can't tell you. So if, again, if a cautious agency addresses that in a, a serious manner, and he's a very responsible cautious agency we rely on for everything else under the sun, yes, he's addressing this too, and I don't have to, you don't have to question that. If he liquefied it, then of course it's going to be all right. If he didn't liquefy it, then it, he, he could still be checking them very well, sampling, making sure that he's done a lot of research in it, and then put them through. So, again, you have to know which agency we're talking about, okay? And blueberries are the same problem? Yes. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm cautious on the air. Go ahead. I see we have a million calls. I can't help. Can't yeah, get yes, it seems like uh, the uh, phone doesn't stop ringing, so please, <laughs> we're trying we have best. to rush. <laughs> okay, we're trying to answer as many people as possible. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Enjoy. Take, taking off the shell. What what is involved in Shiloh? Okay. Any or the, the the navel oranges, which are the waxed ones, very very orange color. Not uh, you don't see anything anything else on them, and they feel uh, greasy or whatever. So those navel oranges, even if there was a scale on it the scale probably won't come off even when you're cutting it. But you could look at and see if you see a scale. Personally, I don't think I've ever seen a scale, which is the insect we're talking about. I don't think I've ever seen a scale on a navel orange because they clean them too well. And they, they put this waxing on. So you're not going to really have a problem with that. If you see something that's brown or discolored, so see if you could pick it off with your finger. If it looks like a scale, it feels like a scale that comes off. If it does, then take it off and don't um, cut through it. But, it. but otherwise, it's not an issue. The oranges, there are other oranges which you call juice oranges. People sometimes buy those. They're much cheaper, juice oranges. And they may have actual scales on them. And that's obviously the issue that we're, we're talking about as far as orange juice. But otherwise, you're not going to have a problem. And you, it's not hard to figure out what a scale is. If you don't know, you get a hold of Rabbi Vaya's book and, uh, or the video that we'd sent out. Or, you, know, you know, take a look at a scale. Somehow, you know, say scale insect and if you do internet or ask somebody to get you something like this in the picture and you'll be able to see clearly that scale can be lifted off like, a, like the scale of a fish. Okay? Thank you for calling. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Thank you. How, you're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, I wanted to know if you have to make a bracha on, on vitamins. The answer to that, you're talking about, uh, you're, talking, you're not talking about a liquid, are you? You're talking about a liquid. Um, no, I'm talking about the pill. The pill. You don't make a bracha right. on a pill because there's no enjoyment in it. But something like a, a chewable medicine or, or a liquid medicine, if it tastes good and you know that it's kosher, then you make a brach on it. But not, not, not a pill. 
pill, there's no pleasure, no pleasure in eating that pill. It's not a food, and you're not having a pleasure. Okay? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I have vitamins at home. I like a strawberry flavor, and my brother told me that. Then that's and a chewable. When you eat it, you'll enjoy it. So that's a chewable. So you have to think about her. So that's not a pill. That's a chewable. That's chew. You chew it, right? No, you can't chew it. It's very harsh. So then how is it strawberry flavored? No, it's not a real strawberry. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. What? It's like a candy. It's you a suck vitamin, it. but it's the flavor of strawberry. Oh, you you suck on it? Yeah. Oh, you suck on it. So then it would need a bracha if it's kosher. But if, you don't, if you're not buying with hashkacha, then I don't recommend you make a bracha on it. I would recommend you buy with hashkacha. If you buy with hashkacha on the, on the bottle, then you make a bracha on it. Yes, I would do that because if it's pleasure, you have to make a bracha on it. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for calling. Have a good evening. <laughs> Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Hello, me? Yes, you're on the air. Are you letting flavored chapstick with no hashkaha? Uh, I, you know, you, you could use it uh, if you are careful and you don't do it right before you eat and you maybe rub it in very well and it's going to disappear. But if it's something that you drink, let's say, a hot drink, like a hot cocoa or something, so then and they do it right before you eat, so then it might go into your mouth, and really that's not the best thing. Better to get chapstick that has no flavor. But if you don't lick it and swallow it and, and do it right before you eat, it shouldn't be really a problem because you're not intending to eat it at all. Okay, thank you. You're certainly welcome. Have a good evening. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Me? Yeah, you're on the air. Rabbi Wickler, can you go ahead? Yeah, I wanted to know if uh, you, if somebody, um, you go to, uh, let's say, a Dunkin' Donuts or something, and and they, they you, you don't eat whole stem, so the milk that they have, um, could you trust them, or you think that they put in, let's say, whole stem milk if it's an open bottle? The pro- I, I'm not a fan of Dunkin' Donuts, for reasons we've said on their station many times. The problem is that there's no mashkiach in the Dunkin' Donuts. Now, if you're talking about Dunkin' Donuts in Brooklyn, where we're living in Brooklyn, if you're talking in the five towns, you can speak to the Nevada five towns, you speak in Baltimore, you speak to the Nevada in Baltimore, and in every city there are people who would take responsibility, etc. But here in Brooklyn, the mash- there's very, very little hashkocha. The, the gentleman who comes in once in every two, three, four weeks, sometimes as, as far as a, apart as once a month, for a minute coming into the store. So there's no control. Now, right, they, they, one second, please. They are using Cholovstam there. They have Cholovstam in the store. They have a, a container that says Cholov Israel. But it's cold outside. It's almost, it was two degrees, three degrees last night. Three degrees. You expect that man to run out to a store in the middle of the night and get a, get a, a Cholov Israel? If he ran out of Chal of Yisrael, he will put in the Chal of Stam. I don't have any question. He doesn't own the store. It's too cold outside for him to go out. No rabbi comes in there and can check the records of whether he bought Chal of Yisrael 40 times in the last two days. No, there's nobody's doing that. If you tell, if the Kashrist agency says, we check that they buy regularly Chal of Yisrael every two days, he buys three bottles or something, 
maybe then you could trust him because he, because you figure he, he doesn't cost him anything and he's going to throw it out anyway, so maybe he's going to serve you the real one. But that's not the way it is. Even if I don't wouldn't trust him then either, but that, that, that's not the way it is. There's non-Jews running a, a, a store, there's no Jew on the premises, there's no mashkiach, and there's a, there's a tremendous taiva not to run outside and buy an, another Chal Israel when you run out. To put it, put it in. I, I, I mean, did I ever see it happen? No, I didn't see it happen. But I definitely wouldn't trust them. But if, let's say, it's in such a bottle, a kosher bottle? Doesn't matter, because if you see him open it, then if you know it's Yechav Israel. Right. If you didn't see him open it, it doesn't take very much to keep filling it up with Chal Vistam. Okay, thank you very much. Take good care. Okay, okay have a good Another caller? You're on the air. This is the last Hello? Call. Yes, you're on Kashas on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to know if you buy uh, pizza chips from Costco. You know, I, I, I call up on the table, it's a mochi, but all my friends say it's risonos because they fry it. Is that Indian? Rabbi, I don't know what, uh, what what Costco is doing. I don't know, you're buying it in a bag, somebody does it in front of you. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's in a bag. It's, it's, it's in a, uh, it has a hashkocha? OU, yeah. So, so the, you'll have to call the OU, I'll give you that telephone number, 212. 563-4000. You'll call them tomorrow, and they'll explain everything they do about that product. I can't help you further. Okay, uh, thank you. Have a good evening. Uh, on the text, absolutely. But let me just give out our number once more, which is that if, I know, at the office, if you're interested in getting Cautious Magazine, which just came out today, and we're mailing them out. If anybody's interested in signing up for a subscription, at twenty dollars a year, regularly twenty-five, discounted for J Root. Just tell us you're calling from J Root. Call seven one eight three three six eight five four four. You can leave a message now, and we'll call you back tomorrow. Seven one eight three three six eight five four four. We have a couple of minutes left. I'll read a couple of the questions that I see here. I have Rabbi Vaya's book. How can I get accurate, updated vegetable checking information? Well, what best thing you can do is listen to us. And we are planning, God willing, in the next few weeks, no more than two or three weeks, maybe even less, to put up a website where all of the material will be available. And rather than me sending you, you can go to that website. I know the name of the website, but it hasn't been set up yet. We had a donation, and we're putting it towards that. And if anybody would like to donate to the Kashrus magazine and honor of somebody or memory of somebody, uh, we have a book that we're putting out now called uh, On the Wings of a Child's Prayer and 51 other stories from the, from the pages of Kashrus magazine. If anybody would like to sponsor that, you can call us at 718-336-8544. But we're hoping to have a, have a website, and I'll be announcing it on JRoot as soon as we have finalized it.